Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Shane Reeves. Hi, Trey. I'm excited today. Of course, I say that at a lot of the shows, but today I'm very excited because one of my oldest friends in the cigar business has graced us with his presence. Um, Don Pedro Gonzalez was one of the first men that really introduced me to cigar culture. Pedro came up, he shook my hand, he offered me one of his cigars, and has always been just the, the greatest gentleman to me and my wife. I've always loved it. So, welcome to the show, Don Pedro. It's a, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here uh, in Nashville, and I want to thank you, uh, Shane and, and Trey, for having me uh, on the show. Well, we really appreciate you being here. Uh, one of the first things that we do when we get the cigar, when we get the podcast rolling, is uh, light up a cigar and kind of enjoy it through the whole show. And you were you were kind enough to bring us each a stick today, and I was hoping that you might tell us a little bit about what we're about to smoke. Well, this particular cigar is a uh, it's a cigar that uh, I put a lot of passion into it. It's a uh, six and a half by fifty six with a uh, Cuban pigtail. Uh, I make that cigar actually in three wrappers. I have uh, Connecticut, uh, Habano, and Maduro. And they are all good, very good cigars. Uh, same blend, just a different wrapper. And, uh, and it's selling very well, by the way. It tastes like that classic Don Gonzalez cigar. The first one of yours I ever smoked was just, at that time, you only had two cigars in your line. Well, times have changed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're coming up in life. How many have you expanded to? How, how oh big is God. the line I, uh, now? I have 17 lines right now with uh, 57 wrappers. Wow. Yeah. Um, your San Andreas Maduro wrapper is one of my very that, favorite. <clears throat> let me tell you, that, uh, that San Andreas wrapper is just a uh, tremendous cigar. I, uh, that particular cigar is a uh, 6x60 box press, triple the Herald. And let me tell you something about that particular cigar. You know, it wasn't easy to blend that cigar only because of the fact that uh, to have strength on a cigar is not that difficult. All you have to do is put more Ligeros in it. And the more Ligeros, well, the stronger the cigar gets. But as you well know, Shane, because, you know, you and I go back for a few years, I am a flavor guy. I, I am, I, the, one of the first things that I looked on a cigar is the flavor and also, to let you know that when you put three different Ligeros from three different regions on a cigar, it will take away from the flavor as well. So in order to balance it where you have uh, flavor and you also have strength, it's not an easy task. And, and it wasn't easy. By the way, I had arguments at the factory in Nicaragua where I was told that I wasn't know what I was doing. I said, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you want. I said, yes, I know what I'm doing and I know what I want. And this is not what I want. And we just kept at it until finally, after four or five days of testing and trying different cigars and different blends, uh, I said, this is the one. And, and I tell you, the cigar is selling tremendously well. As a matter of fact, right now it's my number one seller. Wow. That's, I don't have that in two wrappers. I have it on a Habano uh, and a uh, San Andreas. The San Andreas is definitely my favorite. I've had several boxes of those and just well, the, love that The thing smoke. about the San Andreas wrapper, Shane, is that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a natural wrapper. In other words, you don't have to touch it. It's, uh, and, and, and when you don't do that, it, it's all about the flavor. 
I mean, San Andreas, I mean, if you really understand and know what a San Andreas wrapper is, it's, it's all about the flavor. I mean, that wrapper is just, it's, it's a special wrapper. It's and you getting really, costly, though. It's getting very costly, by the way. Moving up. Yeah. And, and you really don't see it a whole lot. It's kind of, but it's well, one of those that I always look for. the reason why you don't for. see it awful lot is only because of the fact that they, uh, that crop only produces so much. And there's so much demand for it that not everybody can get their hands on. I see. I mean, I'm blessed that I can, that I know people that I, I can get around it. Yeah. Now, how long have you been in the cigar business? Shane, this is a uh, family business, actually. This business started back in Cuba 82 years ago. And uh, I actually took over the company 12 years ago. It's going to be 13. And um, it was different. Let's just say that my family had the Cuban mentality, where in Cuba, large ring gauges were not, were not there, uh, only certain sizes. So basically what I did, I rehashed the whole deal and brought the cigars up to the standards of the times, you know, at what was happening at the time, 13 years ago. Now, needless to say is that from 13 years ago, uh, in 04 to 017, the cigar business has changed like the clothing business, where 60 became popular, and, and then you go as high as an 80. Uh, I see in the seven by eighties. Uh, I, I do a lot of seven by seventies, you know. And, and, and then the small ring gauges went away, and now they're coming back. Lancero was not selling. Now they are. You know, it's so. Basically, what I did is is put the company up to date. What's the biggest change you've seen in the cigar buyer in your tenure? Two changes. Number one. The size, I mean, 60, 64, 70, 80s, you know, and, and, and also the strength of the cigar. I see more strong smokers now, you know, full-body smokers nowadays, I should say, than I did 13 years ago. I think, I think we both fall into that category as well. As, as a matter of fact, even myself. Uh, I mean, I'm smoking cigars. I give up cigarettes, believe it or not. I picked it up in the Army, and I gave it up. And, and, uh, and I gave up cigarettes like 28, 30 years ago. And I started smoking cigars. And I, I, I don't mind telling you that I remember the days where, when I started, that in the morning, the first thing I did was, hey, I want to have me a, a Connecticut shave, you know, mile. Right. Well, you know what? I mean, I still do, but not at the rate that I used to. I mean, I, I'm more of a, uh, I, I consider myself more, more of a medium. I'm not a full body smoker, by the way. Now, but, but I consider myself more of a uh, mild to medium, more towards the medium than mild. Now, are, is all your tobacco come from Nicaragua, or does it come from other the areas? The blend is all Nicaragua. It is all Nicaragua it's all Cuban what part? seeds. Cuban seeds from Nicaragua. Well, actually, Nicaragua has um, different areas. You have uh, Esteli, you have uh, Condega, you also have uh, Pueblo Nuevo, 
And then you also have where they get all the good rappers, which is the border of Honduras, which is called Jalapa Valley. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. I, yeah, we talked last week about Jalapa. I'd never heard of Jalapa until... Well, Jalapa is like 10 kilometers from uh, uh, Honduras. Okay, so it's right on it, the border. It's right on the border, yeah. Now, how many rollers do you have in your factory? How does 40, that work? 43. 43. And do you have, now, do you have couples, or how does that work? No, no, in Nicaragua, they work in couples. All right, one uh, bunches, and the other one does the uh, wrapping. Okay, so they all go to the wrapping, and how long... This cigar I'm smoking right now, how many years old is this particular well, smoke? you know, it's a process. I mean, you have to, uh, I mean, a cigar, once it comes off the bench, is totally wet. And, and I would say that resting a cigar, uh, in my eyes, and I'm sure that if anybody else is listening right now, or will listen in the future, uh, to me it's everything. I mean, in addition to the fermentation process on the uh, blending and the wrappers, you also have to rest the cigar a minimum of 90 to 120 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. To really, for the, uh, the cigar to dry properly, and, and when you combine the, uh, uh, the, the fermentation process with resting the cigar, then ultimately you have a cigar like the one that I just handed you, that you have a nice ash, uh, nice even burn uh, then you have your consistency on the cigar which to me is very important and the flavor as well well and I, I love your passion about the draw because well <laughs> listen I you and I talked you and I've been talking about that for years uh, to me uh, in my eyes if you have in your place regardless of what it is how big it is how small it is uh, if you have what is called uh, quality control, where you control every single cigar and draw test it every time it comes off the bench, there's no reason or no excuse for the cigar have no draw. Because to me, a cigar that don't draw is a, uh, is a cigar that you're not going to have consistency, you're not going to have the burn, you're not going to have the flavor. Uh, you're gonna, your lungs are going to go away. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a total disaster. And Shane and I have talked about that before, too. You know, I can tolerate a flavor that doesn't maybe fit my palate, but a bad draw on a cigar makes it unsmokable. And, and I, I'm here to tell you uh, that, uh, honestly, if you, uh, if you stay on it, and you have the right people testing it uh, properly, um, there's no reason why at all you're going to have a bad draw. Mm. And I've got to say, this cigar that you brought us today... Now, 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 listen, always remember that cigars are made by humans. Right. You know, and there's not too many that are perfect. (laughs) Now, you're going to have a... On a box of 20 or 25, listen, you might have, you know, one that might not meet the standards, you know, but that should rarely happen. That's, that's my opinion. So when did y'all switch from Cuba to Nicaragua? When did y'all come from Cuba and go to Nicaragua to start making cigars? Well, actually, uh, again, you know, I should well know uh, 
the new regime, you know, has been there for years and years and years. You know? uh -huh. So they kept, they, they still went to uh, Nicaragua. I mean, they were making them in Cuba, then went to Nicaragua. And like I said, until about 13 years ago, but they were doing, just doing basic cigars, you know, and I did different blendings and, you know, like mild, medium, medium to full, full body, different sizes that never existed before. Uh, you know, and, and what does it mean to you that it looks like the United States is fixing to normalize relationships with Cuba? What does that mean to you? What does that mean in your life, in your business, as someone who's been on both sides? Actually, uh, in all fairness, I don't think much about it. Uh, I don't know if it's going to ever happen. Uh, I can tell you that the only thing I can tell you is that. Uh, uh, Nicaragua, which where my cigars come from, uh, is making a tremendous product uh, nowadays. Mm -hmm. I would say for the past 18 years, and uh, and I am very familiar with the process that we use in Nicaragua, and uh, and I think that we're heading. Not only are we heading in the right direction, we're doing the right thing, and, and I can tell by the customer base that when they ask you uh, where this cigar came from, where does it come from? Mm -hmm. What does it have in it? And you say Nicaragua, and rarely you find somebody that says, hey, I don't smoke Nicaraguan cigar. Right, that's something that you do hear about some of the other areas that you get, you know, but that's one of those, Nicaraguan cigars tends to always find a, someone with that palate. Well, it's, um, I guess you get accustomed to it, yeah. which, is, which it happened to me. You mm -hmm. know, I uh, Nicaraguan cigars have the earthy taste, you know, and 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 and, and certain flavor that I, I I enjoyed it, you know, me personally. I, you know. Well, and you've taught me a lot about the technical aspects of smoking a cigar. I didn't know that I smoked them too hot till one day you you sat down and told me. I think you smoke your cigars too hot, Shane. And well, I listen, you have to respect. You have to respect the way everybody smokes. You know, I uh, I have friends that, example, I have a friend, dear friend, actually, that he likes a full-body cigar. And if you see that guy smoking that cigar, you'll probably die laughing, you know. I mean, he goes like a, uh, like a train station. You know, and, then, <laughs> and, 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 and I looked at him, I said, JC, I mean, why, man? You know, I mean, he's not paying attention to the flavor. In other words, all he wants is just strength. You know, and I mean, I don't know what he wants, actually. And, and, and smoke coming off the ears, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know. But that's, that's not the idea. The idea, in my eyes, is, uh, is to be like with friends like you, you and Trey, and, you know, and, and enjoy a good cigar. I mean, that's, that's what this game is all about, you know. Yeah, and there's, there's nothing like We've always said, you know, one of the things we've said since the onset of the podcast, a cigar is a gentleman's pursuit. It really is. You don't find, um, we was talking to listener Casey here before you got here, and Casey was talking about. Kelly. Kelly, excuse me, Kelly. Kelly was talking about the, um, you know, you don't find low-class people in a cigar lounge. You always <laughs> find gentlemen. You always yeah. find. Overall, there's good people. 
It's it's a great industry to be in. But to answer your question even more thoroughly, uh, once you um, once you smoke the cigar at a rapid pace, the combustion of the cigar goes away, and the flavor goes away. Why? Because you're it's just going too fast. How often should you puff? Every well, there's no set timing. You know how often you should do it. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't even pay attention myself when I'm smoking. I mean, I in Miami, I play a lot of dominoes, you know, and 5 o'clock, I used to go to two, three of, uh, stores that are my favorites, you know, and, and I just sit and play dominoes, and I just puff at it. I mean, honestly, I never pay attention to it. It's kind of whatever I know one feels thing, natural. I don't do it consistently, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know. Well, and that's one of the interesting things. Always at events where I go, they have a sign-up. If you can beat Mr. Gonzalez at Domino's, you get a free box of cigars. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I had my uh, fair share of disappointments as well. You know. <laughs> yep. Well, go ahead, now, you, now, you said something interesting to me earlier that I kind of wanted to, to ask you about, is that it's a family business for you. You mentioned you've had 46 rollers, I think you said. How many of those are multi-generational? Do you have a lot of your rollers and employees at your factory that have been there also multi-generational and family business? Well, you know, let me tell you, the cigar business, uh, you have a few that hang around. But overall, you have uh, people that move uh, and they go away, they go back. I mean, you know, there's always a, uh, a traditional turnover. I mean, okay. needless to say is that you want to keep your people and uh, because I, I'm a strong believer of uh, loyalty, but, you know, but I, I'm sure that as long as you keep teaching people mm-hmm. your way of doing business, and, and, and it's not that difficult. So uh, it's, all, it's all about consistency. It's all about the draw. It's all about uh, customer satisfaction, you know, it's, and, and putting your passion into it. So, do you get different styles of rollers? Because I notice different cigars, especially the difference in a Dominican and a Nicaraguan, it's almost like it's rolled differently. Is that in my head, or is there no, different no, technique? No, no, no. A roller is a roller. Now, the only difference is, um, you know, years of experience. Uh, uh, where did you learn uh, to uh, roll cigars? Uh, that is extremely important. I mean, I can tell you that the best rollers that I have they all learn in Cuba. And, and for some reason, uh, they're good. So that's still the gold standard. Yeah, they're good. They're good. So how long, um, trying to think, when is the, uh, you came to me one time and you said, I'm so tired of smoking. I've been blending cigars and I feel like I've smoked 20 cigars a day oh for the God, past. Oh my God, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, back at the factory, uh, you know, you open at seven and then you start blending and and you smoke from a mild to the uh, to a real full body cigar. And then after lunch, you know, when you go back at one, uh, right around three, four o'clock in the afternoon, it gets to the point that, you know, you say, "Man, I'm smoked out." You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm done. You know, I mean, it's. So, how much of a cigar do you smoke when you're blending? Do you smoke no, an no, inch no, or no, do you no, smoke no. a? Actually, yeah, actually. Uh, we just, if it's five or six of us, you know, we just hand one out to each, you know, the same uh, from the bench. 
you just hand them out and uh, and, and we want to hear the truth. I mean, we want to hear exactly what you think. Now, it is, what I'm going to tell you seems crazy, but it's not. It's hard to have six people and have six opinions that are ex exactly the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're always going to have, uh, well, flavor, you know. It's mild to medium, even though it's a medium to full. You know, I mean, you're always going to have one of those. But ultimately, it's, uh, it's our responsibility. Uh, we just want to hear from everybody else. So generally, when you're blending, you have six people there? Five to six, yeah. How do you, how do you pick? Is it people that are professional blenders, no, people, or is it no, just... No, people that actually, they visit your, your place, and people that we know, and we gather, and, you know, and within the uh, factory as well, you know. Well, I, we're getting about that time that we're going to take a short break. We're, uh, we're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails this week, uh, which means that I need to belly back up to the bar. Uh, but when we come back, I'd love to know sort of what you look for when you're developing a new blend, if you're looking to do something new or if it's uh, trying to improve on an old standard and kind of get, get what, you, what you go into that process like. But we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. All right. This is Tim Hall with another tip for how to treat your rep at an event. Your rep is there to give information, so allow him to do so. Don't interrupt him when he's trying to tell other customers about the cigars that he represents. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. Again, I'm Shane Reeves. I'm here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. And our special guest this week is Don Pedro Gonzalez, one of my dear friends. I... I can't say enough about the impression Pedro put on me when we first met. Um, he's the every time I go in a humidor, I look to see if they have his cigars. It's just one of those things. I I just really enjoy being friends and his product. Thank you, Shane. It's been really exciting uh, to get to hear someone. You know, we started this podcast because we're a couple of guys with a lot of passion for the industry. Uh, I spent some time as a rep a few years ago down in the Atlanta area and up here, and uh, you know, so there's it, it's really fun to get a guest on the show who shares the passion for the industry and, and maybe even makes us look like child's play in comparison. Just to hear you talk about cigars, uh, it, it's really really impressive. So before the break, we were talking about Pedro's factory, and we talked about blending. And what was you had a question, Trey? Yeah, so, you know, when you're, when you're in the process of blending, whether it's a new cigar or maybe even just trying to improve on an existing blend, what is the thought process? What do you try to bring to the table when you're Well, actually, uh, <clears throat> and, and I'm, chances are that everybody thinks the same way that I'm thinking right now, uh, and, and that is that in order to stay with the market, what the market actually is bringing at the time. Uh, but to answer your question more specifically, uh, the first thing that you need to have is, well, what am I looking for? I mean, what kind of blend am I looking for? Do I want a mild, uh, mild to medium? Do I want a uh, medium to full? Do I want a full body cigar? And, and, and that's the first thing that you need to establish. 
Now, like I said before, in my case, uh, I'm a big, big, big cigar smoker on flavor. To me, a cigar is not about the strength. It's, it's okay to have strength, but I think flavor is just as important. And also, I look for, for a cigar to be clean. Clean mean, meaning that there's no aftertaste. That when you smoke that cigar, there's no bitterness, there's no aftertaste. And again, that goes back to how you blended that cigar and how you bunch that cigar before you put the wrapper on. And it's interesting, you're the first person I've ever had that really describes the difference in strength and flavor. I think so often in cigar guys, we get the two confused. We get them mulled together. We think that a strong cigar has more flavor, but a, a Connecticut can have as much flavor as a Maduro. Yes, definitely. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, this is, a, uh, this is something that we, we talked about everywhere I go, not just the factory. And, and, and you'd be surprised, some people, you say, well, what is the difference between the uh, uh, blending and the wrapper? Well, some people say that the wrapper <clears throat> is 30, 35% of the flavor. Uh, I tend to differ. I mean, I think that the wrapper, to me, could be as much as a 50-50. You know, I mean, I, uh, I have seen um, blends that are not up to the standards and, and uh, of the standards of what you're looking for, I should say. And you put a real good wrapper on and it changes dramatically. Now, what time of year, because we're here in Nashville area, our growing seasons are different. What time of year do they plant and what time of year do they harvest the tobacco okay, in Nicaragua? Nicaragua uh, actually, uh, it's going to start, rainy season starts next month in May. May, early June, until the first week of October. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, at that time, y y nobody grows uh, tobacco. So basically, the uh, growing season, let's just say, is from October to May. From October to May. Wow, that's a... That's a lot of season. It is a lot of season. <laughs> well, but also remember that after uh, May, you don't do any growing. You know. mm -hmm. Right. And you told me one time that Nicaragua, you have to shut your factory down in December? Well, usually, traditionally, they do. Yeah. Uh, they usually shut the factory like from uh, the beginning of December to the uh, beginning of January. Just for Christmas and the employees and everything? And also Easter, by the way. Oh, Easter's oh, that time? Yeah. That, that's super interesting to me. Culturally, that just right. really is amazing to me that they, that they have that, that wherewithal. How long a day does a typical roller work? What's a typical day? Seven to five. Seven to five. With an uh, hour break and two 15-minute uh, breaks. Okay. That's a, that's a long, full day. Now, how many, how many cigars a day will a good roller roll? <clears throat> depending on the size of the cigar. But if it's a uh, basic size, like a, a Robusto or a Churchill, um, a couple can do uh, 350, maybe even 400. How many cigars a year do you produce? Well, right now we're doing about three and a half mil. Wow. That, 
That's a lot of cigars. That's about a week's supply. That'll, yeah. last, that'll <laughs> last a little while. So there, and then you also you sell. But also, all... also remember that it's not just my brand. We also make uh, private labels for other people as well. Now, how does that process work if someone wants to have a private label right, cigar? Right, right. And you know, it's like everything. What are you looking for? What kind of wrappers? You know. And, and how when someone comes to you and says, "Okay," so if I came to you and said, "Okay, I want the Shane Reeves label cigar." And all. how many would I have to commit to to get that? Well, it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of hard to say because it depends on the sizes, you know, and, and how serious you are, you know, about the cigar business, you know. And well, and before we go any further, I do want to say Pedro will be in Madison, Alabama. Um, this will probably release Saturday morning. And he'll be down there at Madison at the Cigar Room at their sixth anniversary. Yes. Time flies, man. And they will be hand-rolling them fresh. And if you've never had one hand-rolled fresh, you, you owe it to yourself. Make the trip. It's wonderful. It's, wonderful. it's a great store, a great owner. Uh, uh, all the employees are top of the line. And, and, and it's just a, it's a good, good family-run store. Now, I want to... Uh, I want to pick, double back a little bit. We're talking about the growing season and, and the actual what goes into growing the tobacco leaf. Uh, is is tobacco one of those plants that you have to rotate or rest your fields in between seasons or in between harvest? Or can you yes, reuse? actually, uh, actually, what they do is the uh, to maintain the soil uh, properly and ready. So when tobacco season comes in again. They usually grow uh, corn or beans on that soil to keep it active. And does that grow through the rainy season, or does that through the rainy season? Okay. Yeah. So you can go back and use that right, same field right, the next year. Right. That's excellent. Oh yeah. How how much back stock do you keep? Say you had a year that a volcano erupted or something, and you lost an entire crop of tobacco. Well, it hasn't happened, you know. <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't want to talk about that one, Shane. <laughs> Knock on wood. No, 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 no. We want to leave those, those people uh, doing it their way. <laughs> I've always wondered how much backstock someone keeps and all in that, but, yeah, it's a... It well, that's, a, uh, it, that, that's not a... I mean, that's a simple math. I mean, it's uh, how much are you producing, uh, how many months... You know, you're going to be active. How many months you're going to be inactive, and, and then you take it from there. Now, how many countries do you sell your tobacco in? Your cigars? Right now, three. Three. Yep. And I know at one time you were selling some in China, yes. and you were working with Russia, but Russia wasn't no. being real cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> being very diplomatic about that answer, I like that. So, between so you've got the U.S. and China. Then what's the other country? Europe. Oh, okay. Excellent. And which is America your biggest? No, America's the biggest in the world. Now, do you... There's not a market bigger than America. Do you go over to Europe and do events at any point? No. Is it a different smoker over there? Is it a different kind of connoisseur? It is a little different. It's a little different because it's a uh, different culture up there. You know. Do you... Do they do different cigars sell better there? Is there something that say sells in Europe that doesn't sell as well in America? Again, it's a uh, it's a different market, uh, different sizes, 
they don't, I don't believe they sell as many uh, large ring cigars as we do in America. Uh, but again, it, it depends on the area. What do you define as large ring? Is it 50 and above? Is it 60 and above? What I is would large say 60 ring? 60 and above. Everything 60 yeah. and above would yeah. be the and ring gauge 60 is one I mean, inch. Your, your 50 is a traditional standard size. And then you have your 52, 54, 56. Uh, you may even have some 58s as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of the 56 range right around there. That's a 56. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, now, I'm sure there's not maybe just a whole lot you can say about it if there is, but do you have anything special that you're working on right now, like a passion project or a cigar that you're, you're, you're really just excited about that you're working on? Yeah, I, I'm working on, actually, I'm working on a, a couple of things uh, right now, but that I cannot. Uh, of course, of course. Now, one of my favorite cigars you make is the Solomon. I love that Solomon that shape. That cigar, let me tell you, that cigar is a, uh, you know, I mean, I can tell you that it took me a while to put this cigar together because uh, this particular cigar that Shane is talking about, it, which I have one of my hands right now, is a, uh, the tip and the foot is uh, Connecticut, and then the... Uh, rest of the cigars in Habano, Ecuadorian Habano. But when we blended this particular cigar, it just keeps changing. You know, the flavor keeps changing. And, and I think that's, that was the uh, over and above success of this particular cigar. And I, I don't know if you can relate to that, uh, Shane. I mean, this cigar is, is amazing. The presentation is, is incredible. My bo- most expensive box is, comes from this particular cigar. I mean, it's only a box of uh, uh, 12 cigars, uh, uh, two trays. It's, it's just a uh, it's, it's a tremendous cigar. Now, it takes obviously it takes a master craftsman to roll that cigar. Of the people in your factory, can all of them roll the Solomon? No, no, no. How no, many of matter, the 40? As a matter of fact, the most difficult cigar... Uh, to make in a cigar factory, uh, number one is the Lancero. Mm-hmm. Why a Lancero? Because it's a uh, seven and an eighth by uh, uh, thirty-eight, and there's no room. Talking about uh, the draw, there's no room for a mistake. You make one simple mistake on a Lancero, the draw goes away, and when it goes away. You're done. And I completely agree with that because a lot of the cigar nerds that I hang out with and talk to all say that the Lancero is the best size. It's this. And I've never really gotten into that size because so often someone will do it and without the quality control on the draw. Well, and I, so often I make a Lancero a that it does very well. But my Lancero is uh, draw tested, I mean, properly. But And the other one is the uh, Salomon. Why the Salomon? Because it's a... Uh, it's a seven and an eighth by 58, but the shape of the Solomon, uh, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger as it gets down to the uh, foot of the cigar. And, and to blend this cigar is a, uh, is, a, is a challenge. Does the change in the shape affect the flavor as you're smoking through it? That's why I keep saying that yeah. it changes. Yeah. The flavor keeps changing, but it, only, it keeps changing for the better. Yeah. 
I mean, as a matter of fact, one of the things that people tell me about this particular cigar is the fact that it keeps changing, you know, and it keeps changing, it keeps, the cigar keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. What is the longest aged cigar you've ever smoked as far as year set? Because I've, I've never aged any of your cigars because I smoke them too fast. When they get in my humidor, they leave so quick. What's the longest age? Because there is cigars I know that I kind of have to age for them to really well, get it. Well, you know, talking about, about that, uh, Shane, is, uh, you know, tobacco leaves actually, believe it or not, will tell you when they're ready. I mean, there, there's no set time. There are times that take longer than others. Uh, but every leaf is different. And every crop is different. So, uh, my opinion, there is no set time. Now, now, I would also say that the longer you keep them, the better the The longer you keep them and you ferment it and you rest them, the better the cigar gets. Somewhere is there a vault of your cigars that you've kept for years that you have, have set aside? I have. I got cigars that I have there for, and, and guess what? They're still. I mean, I keep them properly. A 68 to 70 temperature, you know, humidity, uh, the way it should be, and and they're good. Oh is, yes, I do. Is it? I got I got my what I call my own stash. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got friends of mine that are talking about that. How funny it is that you say that. I got friends of mine that tell me that hey, listen, get some of the ones you have hiding somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one that's of those true. people. I'm one of those people that that wants one that's. Because, like I said, I've never aged any of your cigars because I smoke them so fast. I just and the thing about knowing Pedro, for but you me, know what, is cigars to be smoked, honestly. Right. I mean, I'm not a believer of, uh, you know, I mean, what what's a cigar for? To enjoy and smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, it's, a cigar is not a museum, you know. <laughs> it's like those people that have that bottle of wine in their cellar for a hundred years, waiting for the perfect moment that never comes. It's. Cigars are, are meant to be enjoyed just the same. Yeah. That's how I see it. So when was your first cigar? When, when I know you were in I the family. I tell you what, Shane, my first cigar, believe it or not, I, uh, I smoked cigarettes. As a matter of fact, I can't even remember what I used to smoke. I picked it up in the Army. I used to smoke Winston's. I don't even know if they exist anymore. They do. They do? Because I haven't had a cigarette in 28 years, 30 years. And... Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, Back then, I used to uh, drink a lot of uh, Cuban coffee. And there is a uh, tendency that when you drink Cuban coffee, uh, you have to have a cigarette afterwards. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just, one of those mornings that you get up and you say, you know what, I'm all in. And I took the pack and just threw it away and gave up uh, Cuban coffee as well. Was I killed it both the same morning. And, and, and then I started smoking cigars because of the family business, you know. And, and you know what? I never had another cigarette. Now, was your father in the? Was your yes, father was in of charge the, uh, of the company? Part of the. Uh, well, he was not in charge. He was part of the group. Yeah. But I, um, I don't miss it. I mean, I, uh, I gave it up, and I never had another cigarette. Never again. Was it hard for you to transition from the inhaling? Yes, and I gained, uh, God, man, like thirty pounds. I lost him afterwards, and, and needless to say that you get a little bit of a temper, you know, because yep. that nicotine on cig cigarettes is uh, it's not a cigar. Cigar is all natural, you know, 
I mean, I'm not saying anything negative to uh, cigarette, cigarette smokers, you know, but it's, I see a little difference. Well, I always have trouble when a friend of mine smokes cigarettes and then wants to turn around and smoke cigars. They always, the first thing they do is inhale. You can't do that. Yep. They yeah. forget and they inhale. That's, uh, that's the first thing I tell uh, a lot of the uh, cigarette smokers. So one of the questions, and I hate that we've gotten so deep into the show before I've had the opportunity to ask you this, but one of the questions we ask of every guest is if you were trapped on a desert island with only one cigar that you could smoke for the rest of eternity, what would it be? You know, <clears throat> let me tell you, um, I, I am a little different smoker. I mean, I, needless to say that I, I know uh, I'm friends with 99% of the uh, cigar industry, and I have a lot of good friends, dear friends, actually. And I don't fully concentrate on one particular cigar. I mean, if you come to me right now and say, hey, Pedro, by the way, here, you want to try this here? I'll do it. Shane comes to me, I'll do it. We have manufacturers that come to me and say, here, new blend. Well, I, I mean, I... Uh, and, and as well, I, I'm sure you know as well that your palate is different every day. Right. It changes. And, and, and you know what? There are days that uh, I feel like I want to smoke something mild. And there are days that if I'm having a drink, which I don't drink that often anyway, but uh, I want to have a little stronger cigar. You know, I mean, it's, it's... So you mentioned something kind of interesting there, which, because a lot of my my experience inside the industry comes from both the rep side and the retail side never been uh, lucky enough to get on the manufacturing side but there can be especially in markets like Nashville that's getting a little concentrated Atlanta's the same way some of the retail shops can get a little I am very familiar with the Atlanta market that's um, one of my largest markets that's actually where we met the first time about yeah. four years ago and the it can get a little competitive, but it sounds like on the manufacturing side that I mean, obviously you're a very magnanimous guy. You've got a great personality, which lends itself to being friendly across. But is there that competition on that side of things as well, or is it pretty pretty well, friendly? <clears throat> you know, I in my eyes, I see uh, I don't see the word competition is not there in my eyes. I see that as a um, as an opportunity instead of a competition. You know, why an opportunity? Uh, because it's a uh, it's an opportunity to get better at what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's an opportunity to improve your product, uh, to stay with the market. And, and I can tell you that nowadays there's so many good cigars out there. I mean, seriously, there is an incredible amount of good cigars. And I can also tell you that nowadays, if you don't have a real good cigar in your hands, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answer for that one. Now, it was interesting because when you came out with the first anniversary edition, the large ring gauge torpedo, um, I think it was the second cigar you produced. Yeah, that was, that's the, actually the uh, signature series. It's a six and a half by 60 torpedo that I have in three wrappers. And one of them is a San Andres, which is a, uh, that's a big seller. And that, that cigar still sells. 
at a rapid pace. Yeah, that is a. Uh, I know you had a lot of those before. I have. I don't know that I've had one in the San Andreas. I've got to get. I've got to get with you and get one of those because that is a. Uh, you'll love that one. Now the double wrapper cigars, where they do the barber pole and things like that. How much of that sort of thing do you get into? Actually, uh, in my uh, in my bundle cigars, I have uh, uh, that particular cigar. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a uh, I have a triple wrapper, right? Which is is interesting. But on my regular cigar line, I don't in a box. I don't have the uh, double wrappers. How does the bundle business differ from the box business? Well, it's uh, it's it's hard to say. I mean, you know, you have to have uh, you know you have to have selection, and that's the only thing I can tell you. You know, selection is everything. You see, uh, to, to, to me, a cigar is like wine or beer or whiskey or whatever you drink. It's the one you like. People tell me, what, what is your favorite cigar? I says, you know what? The one you like. If, there, if everyone had the same palate, there would only be one cigar on the shelf in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you'd be surprised. Uh, believe me, I can tell you. You can, you can put 10 people together in a room and give them 10 cigars and I doubt seriously if two guys are going to give you the same answer. Now, when I smoke your cigars, uh, we talked about this on a previous episode, when I smoke some cigars, I feel it in the front of my mouth. But when I smoke yours, I feel them more to the back of my mouth, kind of at the sides and back of my tongue. Is that, again, is that something that's in my head or is that no, a design? No, no, no. See, most of the cigars at the beginning, they're a little peppery. And, and that's okay. And that's fine to have a little bit of, pe- you know, you know, right? pepper, pepper to get going. <laughs> all right. But eventually will go away. All right. And, and but the most important thing on a cigar is the word consistency. You know, because, uh, you know, you don't want a cigar that halfway goes the other way. And, you know, I mean, you want to stay consistent. And that's what I looked at. This is a question that we've asked a lot of times, and we've always got different, in, different answers from it. How far do you smoke a cigar before you pronounce judgment? How much cigar? Is it an inch in before you say, okay, this say, is I it? would say uh, an inch to an inch and a half. Because most of the times, uh, when you start the cigar, especially a medium to full body, starts overpowering. Yeah. And you'll be uh, about an inch, an inch and a half later, it comes down a little bit. But then that's the time that you want to have it consistent throughout. Now, no, go ahead. Now you, um, I feel I keep pointing at Trey because I'm, I feel like I'm asking all the questions, but <laughs> I, I really, I'm so comfortable with Pedro because I've known him so long. When you blend the cigars, you always talk about the Lajero. What is the Lajero? What is that defined okay. as? On a tobacco tree, <clears throat> you have three cuts. You have Lajero, which is the top of the uh, tree. Then you have what is called Viso, which is the center. And then you have what is called Seco, which is the bottom. Now, why is Lajero stronger? Because since it's in the top, the sun is setting it constantly. So now, on the other hand, there is visos depending where of the region where it's coming from, 
that is just as strong as a uh, Lejero. And that's exactly how you blend the cigar, according to what we talked about a few minutes ago, or what you're looking for. How do you, okay, I've had cigars that I have stems. I get a stem in them. It drives me crazy when I get a stem. I've never got a stem out of one of yours. How do y'all do that? How do you well, keep that? it goes back to quality control. And, and, and when you have supervisors uh, <clears throat> uh, supervising the uh, benches, you know, it's all about quality control. No matter what happens. And hey. do you have quality control through every step? I mean, from the leaves that you pick to the way, the bundles that are fermented to every, I mean, every step of the way? I or? mean, listen, you try anyway. Right, of course. I am not saying that we're perfect. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, I think everybody's entitled to make a mistake, you know, and, and, some t and there are days that, See, remember what I said a few minutes ago as well. He said, you know, cigars are made by humans. Right. And we don't feel the same way every day. We have better days than others. So hopefully the more better days and, you know. Right. <laughs> have you ever had just an amazing crop of tobacco come in or a very poor crop? Have you ever noticed that or does the blending? There, there, uh, every crop is a little different. And you have a mixed bag. You know, but overall, on that area, 99.9% .9 is, is good crops. How many farms do you buy from? We try to uh, be consistent, you know, and, and buy with just a few, you know, to have consistency. How big is the average tobacco farm? Well, it depends. It depends. You know, some have uh, 20 manzanas, 30, 40, you know. Now, what's a manzana? Manzana is, they don't call them acres, they call them manzanas. Okay. Yeah. So a manzana is equivalent right, to an right, acre, right, right, right. kind of in that area. Hey, we learned something today. <laughs> well, we learned a lot today, actually. <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of the show. Pedro, thank you for providing great cigars. Thank you for how the friends you've been to me and my family. My wife and I, whenever you're in town, we always be sure we go see Pedro. And I thank you so much for that. And just thank you for being on the show with us today. It's my pleasure. You know, uh, let me tell you, I, uh, if there is something about the cigar business is that, uh, you know, I would say overall, I have so many good friends uh, all over the nation. And I'm talking friends. Uh, and I have retailers that, uh, they're not retailers anymore. They're friends, you know, and, uh, and, and that's the beauty of this business that, I mean, here and there, you know, things happen and don't come your way, but overall, it's, uh, it's a business that uh, you meet so many good people and, and real people, and, and you happen to be one of them. Uh, and, and Trey, I just met him, uh, and he seems like a uh, straight shooter <laughs> and, a, uh, and a guy that, uh, you know, that I think you two basically, uh, I think, will complement each other, you know. Well, I appreciate that greatly. Now, we know you're going to be down in Alabama this weekend. Um, yeah, this, this particular trip, I actually, uh, uh, believe it or not, when I, uh, when I received your text uh, in Miami, uh, I actually, I was doing an event for a dear friend that was his 50th birthday. And I had my roller there with me. 
And, uh, and but I, I said I gotta answer this this text, you know. And uh, and I, I, believe it or not, I was gonna go straight to Alabama, which by the way I'm doing right now. Uh, because I said, well, instead of uh, staying here in Nashville and driving in the morning, I might as well just go and you know it's only an hour and a half, you know, so you know. But I said I, uh, I I definitely have to see uh, Shane and 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 support him on the uh, podcast. Well, thank and, you and, so and much. That's why I'm here. You know, otherwise I would have been in Alabama already. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Alabama, from what I heard, is not moving anytime soon. So uh, you know. No, it's it's been there a while. I think it'll I yeah. think it'll wait for you. So, uh, but it, it, believe me, I had a great time with you guys here, and uh, and everything I said, I uh, I meant it. And I, uh, I, 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 I did it with my, uh, you know, with my best, you know. Well, we, I, uh, I do want to take this opportunity to remind everybody that uh, if you have any questions for us or topics for future shows, that you can reach out to us on all social media uh, at the Cigarcast on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com/slash/TheCigarCast, or good old-fashioned email info at TheCigarCast. Now, are you on social media in any way? Do you guys? I have people in my office. Okay. I do that, yeah. Is your son still working with you? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he has a uh, great job, <laughs> which I'll talk to you more uh, <laughs> you know, off the uh, air, you know. But, uh, but he's, uh, he's a good, good, good kid, and he's, uh, he loves cigars. And eventually he'll, uh, you know, he'll be there. He'll be there. Not for a lot of years, I hope. I don't think I'm ready right now, though. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and stopping in to chat with us. It's my pleasure. Believe me, I uh, had a great time, and and it's always good to to see friends. Absolutely. And I I consider you guys uh, part of that group. Well, thank you very much. And I mean that sincerely. Well, thank you very much, and we're going to wrap it up for the week. I could sit here. This has probably ran a little long, and I could sit here for another two hours just talking to Pedro, but we're going to step away for this week, and we'll see you next week. Mm